There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, pod people, and welcome to Classic Ads from Simpler Times. This week, there'll be a lot of confusion about the difference between beef and steak. Tony will reveal how him and mummy used to throw meat at poor people for sport, and there's a very mixed metaphor about Camilla Parker Bowles' lingerie. Speaking of mums, mine's about to take part in some leotard-based exercise that's going to pay for a psychotherapist's second home. All this, and so much less than you anticipate as we discuss a tele-ad promoting frozen chunks of reprocessed meat that might as well be chips. My name's Steve Cook, and along with my co-host, award-winning advertising creative and TV ad director Tony Williams, we're inviting you to dust off your shoulder pads and come along for the ride as we peek through the round window at this week's working-class stereotypes and look at a tele-ad for bird's-eye steakhouse grills that first aired in the greasy saucepan that was 1982. How's that? Are you good? I feel like the ragged sombrero on the donkey of life. Benedict Cumberbatch. Two Cumberbatch sandwiches. You could probably just move away from your microphone a little bit. You could. Or your face could. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> I mean, like, yes. Yeah, okay. Can we go again? Live? Sorry, live. Is right, okay. Scene. Welcome back, Tones. The year is 1982. It's all a bit grim in the UK. Margaret Thatcher is Prime Minister... And unemployment has hit three million. Wow. So what did she do? She decides to start a war with Argentina. And that was a conflict, always called the Falklands Conflict. It was essentially a way of distracting the the proles. Distracting. <laughs> it's easy for you to say. Distracting the proles. The what? The proles, the proletariat. Oh, the common people. She's trying to distract them from the fact that their standard of living is falling faster than Camilla Parker Bowles' knickers. In the USA, Ronald Reagan is president. Nancy. And the country's greatest export is transfixing the world. What is it? Dallas. Oh, who shot JR? Here in the colonies, this is the world before neighbours, pre-neighbours. Malcolm Fraser was prime minister. Prince Philip opened the Commonwealth Games in Brisbane. And what did he say? I don't know, but it was probably something about Chinese people having slanty eyes. Or no, no, he said that to a white guy in Hong Kong. God, he's in more rice. slanty eyes. The Dalai Lama visited Australia. Mm. Apparently got in a bit of a, a spot of brother. His car ran out of petrol on a Sunday afternoon and he was stranded for hours because his driver couldn't find a rostered servo. 
So the Dalai Lama is sat on the bonnet of the car having a fag while his driver's going to try and find where the rostered oh, is to buy petrol. Um, observers of popular culture are starting to discuss the concept of global culture, which I think in Yorkshire really meant you can buy a can of Coke. Mm. But all over the world, people are listening to Michael Jackson's newly released LP, Thriller. Oh, da, 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 that's thriller. brilliant. That's very good. They're also um, exercising using Jane Fonda's workout oh, yeah. video. Do you remember that? I don't remember Jane Fonda. I remember the green goddess, Lizzie. I am completely scarred by an image of my mother oh, working out in a leotard oh. and a pair of nasty oh, American tan tights <laughs> to a bootleg version of Jane Fonda's video workout that my dad had got at work. Oh, God. That's the website for that somewhere, I'm sure. Now. That's one of the things you remember. Mm, isn't uh, it? The kids were breakdancing. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Let me rock your Shaka Khan. Playing Pac-Man. Uh-huh. And the movie of the year was... Oh. No, no. What is it? Oh, E.T. E.T. Uh, of course. I'm just thinking back. I was in the breakdancing with a cardboard on the on the, the pavement. And I went to the school disco wearing white gloves. There were Fox Motocross gloves. <laughs> and I had a, a dance-off to Shaka Khan. And I just was this skinny white kid wearing white gloves and a, a, like a, a wind cheater. Like trying to spin on my back. It's true, it happened. <laughs> yeah, in my mind, everyone was in that, around me in a circle clapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway. Okay, we're going to review today a 30 second telly ad promoting Bird's Eye Steakhouse Grill. That ad was launched in 1982, but was still running in 1993. Really? Yep. I don't remember this. This is the days when a campaign was a campaign. Of one ad. One ad. There you go. That's when media could buy media. Um, do you have any memories of Bird's Eye Steak Bird's Grills? Bird's Eye Steak Grills. No. Bird's Eye. Captain Bird's Eye. No. Not if they had run for 10 years. In 1973, there was the oil crisis. You were probably... Too, were, you born? Born? were you born? So I was 11. Wow. The oil crisis. And then there was some kind of miners' strike, which meant that there was no coal. Um, and people started hoarding food. Mm. And it was the start of the frozen food kind of revolution. That was 1973. 1982, Bird's Eye Steakhouse. The word steakhouse makes you think that there might be some steak involved. So it was a burger? It was basically reconstituted meat shaped to look like it might be a steak. Mm. We'll come to the ad, but there is a classic line in there. It says, pure ground steak that you cook like a steak and serve like a steak. The missing piece of information there is it doesn't taste like steak. It's a mistake. It actually says pure ground beef, not pure ground steak. Regular listeners will know that this level of incompetence is not actually uncommon. Basically, you're right. It's a beef burger positioned as a fake steak. I'm still not recalling the ad. Okay. Here's the ad, pod people. There's a YouTube link in the pod notes. Do have a look. Your time investment will be well rewarded. It's an absolute time capsule, a classic of its type. Will it be chips or jacket spuds? Will it be salad or frozen peas? Will it be mushrooms, fried onion rings? You'll have to wait and see. From the Bird's Eye Steakhouse Lean Juicy Steakhouse Grills, pure ground beef that you cook like a steak and serve like a steak. What will you give your old man with his steakhouse grill? Oh, it's chips, it's chips. Beef grills and lamb grills. More sizzlers from the Bird's Eye Steakhouse. Oh, it's lamb as well as beef. I know. So it's a steak. 
Oh. And a taste of lamb. Okay. Britain in 1982, all you really have to look forward to is the miners' strike and bird's eye steakhouse grills. Pure ground steak that you cook like a steak and serve like a steak. Ah. Oh, for fuck's sake, it's beef. But I thought that ad was for chips. Okay, let's hang on. Let me, I want to stop you there. I had always thought that Bird's Eye was a made up brand name. Do you have any Captain Bird's Eye? Captain Bird's Eye obviously is an advertising construct. Oh, he's the fish finger part of the Bird's Eye's advertising. Hmm. But I had always thought that Bird's Eye was made up. Yeah. It turns out that the Bird's Eye Company, (laughs) the Bird's Eye Company was founded at the start of the 19th century. In America, by Clarence Frank Birdseye the Second. No. Yes. Has he got a beard? Because uh, that's what Captain Birdseye used to look like, wasn't that? Captain Birdseye is the fish finger guy. Um, incidentally, 2020 will be the 65th anniversary of the invention of the fish finger by Clarence Frank Birdseye the Second. Ah. Yeah, so Clarence invented the fish finger. I don't mind fish fingers, fish finger sandwiches, ketchup. I would say on average once every two weeks. It's I not have fish, a, is I have it? A fish is it fish? Sandwich. Is it fish? Apparently. Okay. Yeah. It's fish in the same way I think that chicken nuggets are chicken. Mm. And, then, and the steakhouse grills are steak. Yeah. Or lamb. Do you want to take us through the ad? Um, this, I remember this ad very well. In fact, I, I often sing this jingle, No Word of a Lie, and I just, you know, it's one of those things I've just watched it and I thought, oh, I've been singing that wrong word for a long time. I can't remember what I was singing. But so you've got a bunch of, um, well, you've got a tradesman in the classic British transit van. He starts singing. I guess they're all on the way home after a hard hard day's work. And uh, he starts singing in the front. The little weedy guy, he's dreaming probably what his, uh, his wife's making him at, at home for dinner. And he starts thinking about it. And all the other guys start thinking about what they're going to be having for dinner. And they all chip in with their, their favourite, you know, want um, one guy wants fried onion rings. Um, another one wants chips, and they all join together. So they're in singing in unison too. Okay, sirrah, sirrah. Whatever will be, will be. Okay, sirrah, sirrah. Okay, so, First yeah. recorded in 1956 by Doris Day. Doris apparently didn't think the song was much good. And she predicted that it would have no success. Many would agree. And then it went on to become her signature tune and sold millions upon millions of copies. That's fantastic. So, yeah, um, we hope it's chips. It's chips, which leads leaves you thinking, this is for chips. It's as simple as that. But, it's you know, it would be one of the commercials that, like, you know, Macca's or, or any of the fast food restaurants play around dinner time now. It'd be the kids are home from school, mum would be in the kitchen, and this would play uh, around 4.30, quarter to five, I guess. And you just listen to these guys sing and dream about what they're going to eat. Suddenly he thinks, oh, I wouldn't mind some chips. I wouldn't mind. I certainly wouldn't think about steakhouse grill. about 4.30 and it looked like David Hashemborough's, um Wildebeest. There's the herds of housewives all stampeding towards Iceland. Did you hear the, did you hear the door shut and the freezer open in the garage? And like, <laughs> But yeah, it's, um, it certainly make, make you want to have chips, I suppose. Everybody thinks that the ad is a McCain's ad for McCain's oven chips. Because I've been walking around for 20 years singing the, the, the song about the wrong product. There's not a lot of product in that, well, there is in that a bit, advert. There is a bit of product. So, but the problem is, I guess they're talking about the encontrement around it, right? The Everything that goes with it. And then you've got the um, the smooth voiceover man that mentions this. It's not this. And he's like wallpaper. He sort of blends in. So you've got these great, you know, real people singing this great song that probably, you know, everyone can have along with it when, when it's on TV or start singing. And then he just goes unnoticed. So I'm looking at the lyrics for the song and it mentions chips four times. 
along with jacket potatoes. And then obviously got salad, frozen peas, fried onion rings. Manchester jacket. Will it be chips or jacket spots? Oh, okay, that would be extravagant. Will it be salad or frozen peas? That would be exotic, wouldn't it? Then, or will it be mushrooms, fried onion rings? You'll have to wait and see. We hope it's chips. Actually, got we hope it's chips. It's chips. Seven times chips are mentioned in an ad, which is not for chips. That was amazing. So the voiceover does the heavy lifting for the product where, mm-hmm. um, and you know, the bloke who I think sounds like wishy-washy Ken Barlow from Coronation Street, it might, I don't think it is him, but it sounds very much like him. He is the guy who tells us that it's pure ground steak. This is boring now. It's beef. We all know it's beef, not steak. That you cook like a steak and serve like a steak. It just looks like a sweaty hamburger. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I mean, so when there's a fair bit of, yeah, you're right. There's a big pack shot, you know, opening very naturally. They're, they're pulled out of the grill. They're slapped on with the chips and the peas and lettuce. Um, and they go back to the bloke singing. So you've got three seconds of product and 27 seconds of blokes singing about chips. There's a, mass, a huge pack shot at the end with two packs. And the one in the front is lamb grills. Yeah. Well, I'm surprised that lasted, but I suppose there's not a lot of choices there. There can't have been anything else around at the time. You could have picked up a couple of faggots, I suppose, in town. Oh, dear. What? It's just the nastiest word, isn't it? And you did. You used to you'd go to the butcher. Oh, yeah. You'd go to the butcher's and there'd be a... Go on, say it. I, I can barely bring myself to say it. I can't, it. I can't say it. They'd be say selling it. fresh faggots. Mm. Both both our listeners will be ringing in to complain about that one. Sorry, Mum. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Your mum and my ex-wife are listening to this. Your mum's doing, doing a workout, I'm afraid. She's going, where are those t- stockings? We'll do a fact check at this stage. Fact check. According to Wikipedia, faggots are meatballs made from minced offcuts and offal, especially pork. Traditionally, pig's heart, liver and fatty belly meat or bacon, together with herbs for flavouring, and sometimes added breadcrumbs. <laughs> sometimes added bread... And sometimes added breadcrumbs. It's a traditional dish in the United Kingdom, according to Wikipedia, especially South and Mid Wales and the English Midlands. When Wikipedia says it's a traditional dish in the UK, what's missing is the part where it says that nobody eats this shit now and that you can get it in a variety of formats at McDonald's, none of which are called faggots. So yeah, it fails um, fails miserably, doesn't it? I can't believe it's run, or it did run for 10 years. We're saying it failed miserably. It fails if you're two advertising blokes picking it to bits 40 years later. But for the ad to run for 11 years means that somebody at Birdseye was happy that it shifted enough product. And yeah. obviously somebody at McCain's marketing department were looking at the sales spikes and going, fucking brilliant, mm. Birdseye running the Steakhouse Grills ad again. But that's, yes, bizarre, because we weren't advertising people then. Well, we're not now. But then when we were looking at them, you know, as kids, I've been yes. singing. Didn't you used to be Tony Williams? Yes, who could have been somebody? If you're of a certain age, you can't hear that song, Que Sera, Sera and not sing, will it be chips, will it be salad or frozen yeah. peas? Yeah. Um, will it be mushrooms, fried on the rings, you'll have to wait and see. There's a format for advertising. When was the last time you saw an ad a TV ad that relied heavily on a song to sell a product. Oh. The only one that comes to mind mm. is one that um, I put in the pod last week, which was the Carlton Draft ad. It's a big ad, a great big ad. That's right. Um, I don't know. The last time I heard a song... It's oh. not in vogue, is it? No. Whereas the 80s are... Uh, okay, ads from the 80s. Oh, you want to, with you want to songs? How do do it all do it? What they do it for? Won't somebody tell? They only knew it. How do it all do it? You can bet we could be doing it as well. Na, 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 na. That was 
Um, yeah, that was my gateway. Like, you do the shake and back and put the freshness back. Do the shake and back and put the freshness back. Created by Chris Kine, I do believe. A very good friend of the show. Friend of the pod. I think that ad's going to crop up in a future edition because so, yeah. it's an iconic ad. Um, so that's two. But generally the point would be there are a lot of ads mm. from the 80s and 90s that you would say were incredibly successful that featured a song. Mm. There are not a lot of ads appearing on realestate.com <laughs> as banners with music in them. It's, um, I mean, it's, it's everything, you know, budgets, it's, 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 it's trends. I was watching them, you know, an online commercial, if you like, for a very high tech product the other day. It was like a, a, a sportswear and what have you. And it was these beautiful 3D graphics and they're spinning around and the music to boom, 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 boom. audio jungle, audio yeah, jungle. Yeah. And people really, are just ripping it straight up. Really, this is a big not, global not brand. Even, and it's got not audio even, jungle, like not, on the loop. Not even bothering to so pay. So much of me wanted to like write to Audio Jungle. And I thought, oh, fuck it. What, what they do for me. But that's yeah, seriously, royal, that's, brand. that's royalty free as big well. Big brand. Audio Jungle. It's like, <laughs> We've it's like done it. $55 Australian. And you know what? If I'm not wrong, this exact commercial, I think it was it was Audio Jungle. Next one was Audio Jungle. So they'd obviously tried to loop it. Music is um, a very subjective form. And I guess people can get it from all sorts of places now, right? It's a streaming, it's live. It's not like, there's not a top 40 that people sit around the radio on a Sunday night and go, what's the big hit? And everyone knows it and everyone's singing it. Because you would look at that ad. Yeah, there's a bit, you know, there's four or five talents in it, but they're unknowns. So they're going to be working to equity rates. Most of it's shot in the studio in the back of a van. But that song, Que Sera Sera, first recorded by Doris Day in 1956, mm. to license that song would have been incredibly expensive. Licensing music, you either license the original track um, with the original singer, or you um, pay for the recording rights where you can record that song, re-record that song um, differently. Well, obviously, it's a very different um, cost. So we don't actually hear the original song on that. We hear the melody, which would have been a much, much lower fee. It would have had to have approval of the original songwriters and, and everyone credited on it. Um, and they would have got their, their little bit. I mean, we're still talking a lot of money, but it's not like licensing, licensing a song. Right. Okay. That, and that's why I'm a fourth rate suit. I didn't know that. I mean, either way, there would be a certain amount of money involved. Oh, yeah, you would, you yeah. would think that the cost to do to take the music would dwarf the production cost, right? Uh, yeah, probably. But it was it was England and in to the run 80s. It for, and run it, to run it for 11 years. It's England in the 80s. It, you know, big budget TV. Um, there were like mini movies, right? There was no, no limits, was there? I mean, it probably cost as much to put those people in a van singing that as it would to shoot a car commercial with a you know, part CG in it today, probably. Oh, yeah. As a suit, I would have yeah. thought that that was one of the cheapest ways to make an ad possible. Well, put six people in a van all yeah. singing. Oh, it's just call me crazy. I don't know. Hey, we've got no budget. Well, I'll tell you what, Steve, I've got a really good idea. Let's put six people all singing to camera. This, this popular this melody is, away this in a van. This is a big fourth-rate suit. Totally, we've got, uh, yeah. got $9,000. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Can you talk to the talent and see if they'll do it? Um, sure, we can get the transit van for nine grand. Yeah, I love the transit van. Absolutely. Symbolic of so many worse things now, you know? Like, you wouldn't want to be seen in a transit van now, would you? Well, I don't know. It depends whether the windows are blacked out or not, doesn't it? <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. So the cast are driving around in a Mark, a Mark II Ford Transit. Yeah. Uh, which is basically exactly the same as the 1965 Mark original, one. except they, <laughs> the called headlights. It, they called it an upgrade because they changed the headlights. Yeah, there you go. How see, did you I, know that? see, I know these things. How the, did the you first know that? One, I don't know. I think it's like when, you, when you're born in England, you know, and they say, okay, they pull you out and say, right, they, they give you the transit owners back. The first lights were round and these were slightly squarer. Yeah. I don't know. I know that. That's random, isn't it? That is um, strange. My favourite bit of trivia about the Ford Transit is that the entire thing was designed so that you could get an 8x4 sheet of plywood in it. 
flat. A, a what, sorry? An 8 by 4 sheet of plywood. I think you mean 8 by 4 That space between the wheel arches in the back of the transit van will fit perfectly a sheet of 8 by 4 plywood. I made an ad for Levi's, which when? ran... Sorry? When? When? Oh, 1999. It ran... It was Asia-wide ad... It was uh, an ad which featured a celebrity, Jennifer Love Hewitt, wearing pink jeans. It was all about being cut in the 60s. So we needed a soundtrack. We used a British production company, and the music producer was actually Sasha's, the DJ Sasha, if anybody remembers him. He was a big name at the time. It was his, uh, his producer. We got sent a bunch of, of, of I think, they were either cassette, literally cassettes, and we listened to these uh, all these different tracks, and there was one we put in, and it was handwritten on the label. We listened to it straight away. We knew it was right, and it was by... Um, hipster image. I think it was Harry and the Hipsters or something like that. And this guy, it was a one-hit wonder, and he now or then lived in a council flat, and he probably got his envelope of 10 grand or whatever it was to use this song. The song was quite, you know, it was as, as popular as he had, if you like, and it went to number two in the charts, I think, the three in charts in Japan. Um, after the ad ran? Yeah, after the ad ran. That's We've great. never heard of it before. It was, like yeah. it was like even... People at the time would, you know, it'd be like a local band or whatever making it. It was re-recorded by uh, Pizzicato 5, which is like a big super group in Japan. It went in the charts and the album or the single cover was an old Levi's ad. And I actually did the artwork to it on my laptop in a hotel room. Like, obviously, I never knew it was going to become that popular. And I searched for it the other day and there was a, um, a high school band in Japan brass band all these girls playing it like an orchestral version of it and like the ego in me just wanted to like write to them and go oh I made a song I know the song but it, yeah it's huge I mean you, you can hum the melody to a lot of um, you know, age groups in Japan now and they'll go yeah I know that song my last experience would have been in 2001 launching um brand nationwide and the the ad that we pitched to the client featured do you remember Sade oh so the, the song was Diamond Life. Do, no, so yeah, yeah, do, it. No. I no. can't remember. I was, was thinking she was called Sad for ages. But the no. chorus was He's a Smooth Operator. It's called Smooth Operator. Is it maybe enough? so? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the album was called yeah. Diamond Life. Sorry. Smooth so Smooth Operator. So we pitched the ad. Uh, and of course, the client absolutely loved the ad. And then we went back and said, Well, if you want to use. Does it work with the sound off? <laughs> <laughs> and how much was well, Sade? Uh, at the time, the Sade's people were looking for a quarter of a million. Yeah, well, for one, that would be one territory, so just for Australia. So what we did was we got a production company in Adelaide and said, here's the song, we need you to make it just different enough to ensure that we can't be sued. So the, yeah, so the last job that I worked on was for, I pitched the TV ad to the client and she said, this would be great if the music was by Oh. And she referenced a song. Mm. Find a song that sounds like I'll approve the concept. Brilliant. I want it to sound like but I'm not going to pay to do it. Mm. Uh, yeah. Because I, mean, I don't place enough value on it. But the thing is, who do sound like? Do they have an original sound or was it copied? I always remember you saying to me not long after we first met that there's nothing original. There's no what, such thing as originality, just undetected plagiarism. There you go. But it's true. But you know what? Interestingly, uh, uh, you know, wrapping up this far side chat about music, the interesting thing is, you know, you say how important music is and, you know, all these licensed tracks. If you're not careful, you could just end up with it's chips, it's chips, and actually not remember what it's for. Moving on, I wanted to ask you um, about stereotypes. This product is, to my mind, pitched very squarely at working class housewives. And one of the keys is the voiceover line that says, what do you give your old man? 
Yeah. Does it really? Yeah. It's in the voiceover. Yeah. Yeah. Cooked like a steak and served like a steak. What'll he give your old man with his steakhouse grill? Oh, it's chips, it's chips. We hope it's chips. Beef grills and lamb grills. I think it's a beautiful example of advertising's ability to create visual shorthand, to position stereotypes so that it's entertaining. It, it is. It's a bunch it. of hairy-ass builders driving around in a Mark II Ford Transit, wondering whether or not they're getting chips for dinner. But I don't think it's targeted at working-class mums. I think... Oh, controversial. Mm, this just in. It's about rugged men. It's a steakhouse, right? It, it sort of emphasises that sort of, it's steak, feels like steak. We talk about it like it's steak, but it's not steak. It's sort of that, that manly thing. You don't want to see a bunch of paper pushes like thinking about it. And why such a, a posh voiceover talking about land like he's a maitre d' if it was for working class people? Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think it's just, it's, it, it is stereotyped. But, you know, stereotypes are stereotypes because they did want to exist. And, and that sort of tongue-in-cheek, you know, will you give your old man? But I don't think it's, it's really, done. Really, I don't get any of that. I don't get edgy. I, I just, well, no, I don't it, think it just edgy. feels like I think that's it's, how. It's this, this basically, the subtext is this, want a bit of rough, want a bit of meat. Really? Yeah, I think so. I think it's directly talking to my mom and going, shove some of these in the freezer. Well, yeah. They're yeah, easy. Yeah. They're cheap. And it's that, it's that whole kind of, you know, working class, pure ground steak, that you cook like a steak and serve like a steak, but the and the dog whistle is, but you can't afford steak. Now, mm, yeah, maybe, I don't know. I mean, I suppose it's too young to, to realise. And it's interesting, again, I've got to mm. stop using the fucking phrase, it's interesting, but everything is coloured by your own personal experience. I didn't eat a steak until I was 19 years old. You're not? No. We could not afford steak. That's not to say that every Sunday afternoon we didn't have roast beef, because we did, and we always Four had... Packs of we always had... Oh, if my parents had spent... Had fucking saved the money that they spent on beer and fags and put it in the bank and then left it to me when the old man carked, I wouldn't be sitting here <laughs> trying to create something so he could shove a fucking ad in it. But, yeah, I'm, but, so I'm not saying, you know, oh, it would it were toughed out pit... We did have roast beef on a Sunday afternoon. Mm. We did have a turkey and all the trimmings at Christmas. It's not that's not it. But steak was a luxury item. I didn't have a steak until I was nineteen. We never had steak. My old man didn't have steak. Wow. Because yeah, I mean, God, by the time I was nineteen, I was so full of steaks. Used to have mum used to put it in my lunchbox for school, and gosh, we used to have it. For bre- we used to throw it to the dogs on the streets as we drove past in our car. <laughs> More on the north south divide. <laughs> I, did, yeah, I don't recall the, the, the first time I stayed. But yeah, it's interesting. So different, you know, different viewpoints. I mean, yeah. you know. My mum wouldn't, wouldn't have seen any irony, sarcasm, anything in there. The fucking dog whistle is so clear to me. It looks like steak. You cook it the same way, you would, but it's not a steak because you can't afford a steak. Mm. I, yeah, I didn't, didn't take that, but yeah, okay. And also, everybody knows, looking at that ad, all those blokes in the back of a transit, they didn't get chips. <laughs> When they got home, <laughs> you you'd, you'd, you'd f- want a steak for your you, eye, love. Yeah, you, <laughs> <laughs> you should have got a steak, love. The other, the other dog whistle is the casting. Um, yes, there, there's, cast- a, there's a lot of um, heavy 1982 facial hair in that ad. There is. Well, they're unkempt um, tradesmen in their transit van. But it's funny because there's, you know, in all British ads, whenever there's more than about three people, there's always one that you recognise from somewhere. And they're, um, and uh, the, uh, the wolfy-looking gentleman um, at the front... He looks very familiar. I've seen him in a few ads, but he looks very familiar with the the monobra. I mean, they're only on screen for a few few seconds. His name is Daniel Peacock. Mm -hmm. 
Any guesses about where where he um, where he would turn up? I can visualise him. I can I can see him now, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's, he's got one of those faces, isn't he? Okay, he had a recurring role in Only Fools and Horses. Oh, there you go. There you go. And in One Foot in the Grave. Do you know who his dad was? Uh, Mr. Peacock. I'm guessing. I'm assuming. He's the lead pipe in the, in, the, in the pantry. His dad was Trevor Peacock, who appeared in The Vicar of Dibley as Jim, the bloke who. No, 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 no. Yes. That was his dad. Is it? Was it? It was a dynasty. No, Dallas. It's an, act, an acting dynasty. We've got Trevor and then we've got Daniel. Really, they all look. Like it looks as though they're singing about the prison food that they're all about to eat. Oh, you're too down on this. I this you've spoiled this for me. I was literally, honestly, singing it over the last decade, maybe the wrong word or two, thinking it was a happy thing. Oh, we're gonna have a dinner tonight. And you just put this big downer. It's like the yeah, doing community service. It's all too close to home for me. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a, it's interesting to see a completely different way of coming from it. It's just there was a bunch of yeah, there might as well have been the Village people for and all the And this, of course, colours my approach to the proposition. The proposition to me is you don't know what's in it, but by the time you've got back from the pub and knocked the wife around a bit, you won't fucking care. <laughs> yeah, I think that was exactly what was on the brief, actually. <laughs> yeah, I can see that now. And they've thought, yeah, how are we going to cover that up? Could but- you fix this ad so that people wouldn't believe that it was for McCain's oven chips? How would you fix it? Um, oh, it's steak, it's steak. We hope it's like steak, it's steak. I'm going to turn the whole thing on if its head. If it was close to steak, to steak, it would be no mistake. Oh, we wish it was steak, it's steak. Why isn't it steak, steak? It's a whole category, actually, from the 1980s and 1990s. It's Miss the frozen meal, right? Miss steak. Miss steak. That's why it's yeah, like I've, I've dropped that several times. I know, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, good. Sometimes it takes me a while to catch up, but, uh, you know, it is a category. Fake food. It's, um, yeah, TV dinners. All right, so what about the scoring? What's it worth? Okay, brand. <laughs> um, I reckon it's got to be uh, half a point, I've which is s- probably the amount of <laughs> half a person out of 100 would actually know what it was for. I think you're being generous with uh, 0.5, but yeah, casting. Um, casting, well, it wasn't hard, was it? I mean, I'm sure they probably spent... The, the, fir- the opening shot, actually, was the one that caught my eye. So it's the driver. Yeah, I've never they, seen him again. No, I've never seen him. They start singing, but you can see him. He goes, oh, for oh, fuck's fuck sake. Yeah, but see, it is interesting. He doesn't... Yeah, is it, why? So what? What is it? Yeah, what's if, the point it, of it? If it was today's um, ad, I would say yes, because they've said, the driver can't concentrate whilst driving or listen yeah. to songs. How many times have you and I sat down in an editing studio and gone, oh, fuck, I we, need, oh. we need to lose... A second off this ad. Where are we going to take it from? And that ad opens with two seconds that adds absolutely nothing. Yeah, but you know, each time, even though it's like you know, the song is, is quite simple. Every time, because they're really driving along on the back of a trailer. Every time they're about to drive back and forth in a loop, singing the same song, focusing on different people again and again and again. Right. Exactly. So he was probably just a way of cutting in. It looks like the brother-in-law that thinks, "Yeah, I used to be working at a bank, and now I'm driving this fucking van." That's what it looks like. Because you never see him again. He's, he's not got dirt on his face. He looks like the smarmy foreman, isn't he? I don't like him. Casting, then. Um, casting, ah, it's a no-brainer. It's got to be a two. I mean, it, it, you could really replace any of these people. And um, you wouldn't make a difference, really. Right? There's no one stand out, you know? And this is my primary criticism of the ad. You could, re- you could replace the product, and it wouldn't matter. You could replace the cast, and it wouldn't matter. Yet here we are still singing the song, not Hey Sarah, Sarah, we're singing It's Chips, It's I Chips. It's Chips, It's Chips. Craft. Oh, it's shit, it's shit. Um, cra- oh, I don't, um, 
If it wasn't for the money spent on it and the continuity and the nice sort of cinematography, perhaps, it could have been done as a student Well, I was going to say, step back and as an art director or a, and a creative director, what is there to admire about the craft in that ad? Um, well, you know, all good direction is invisible. So, you know, there's nothing that gets in the way. There's no fancy shots. There's no trekking shots. There's no, like, beautiful, you know, soft focus, shallow depth of field. They're just blokes in a van. So in some ways, it, you know, it, it takes a lot of work to be simple and not get in the way. In others, yeah, I don't know. The, the whole styling of it, 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 as you said, it's a bit stereotypical, a bit Bob, cliche. Bob Brooks wasn't involved in this, was he? He's dead, right? No. He oh. died, he died until Bob. like early 2000. Oh, isn't it? Okay. Well, this, that's yeah, it's either Bob Brooks did it or Tom Conn's. Where's <laughs> <laughs> Thai, Thai relative, some cunts. Where's <laughs> <laughs> German, German cousin, hair cunts. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, that's funny. Do you know there's, a, there's a, a, a very famous director in the world called Tony Williams? He's from New Zealand. And uh, when I used to go to like Adfest and what have you, and he used to introduce myself, you know, he's like from these sort of regional people. I used to get doubles. Oh, well, hello, hello. I said, oh, they're very nice, these people. I was like, oh, yeah, nice. And then I sort of slowly, he did some big ads. Um, he did Bugger for Toyota. Oh, really? He did the Cadbury's World stuff. And so it was getting sort of a bit awkward because it was being mentioned my name was in there. So I wrote him a, a letter and I said, look, you know, we've got the same name. We need to do something about this. I said, because I don't want you to be mistaken with my work. And, you know, I'm quite happy to take your credit. I said, um, I propose an arm wrestle. Um, so if you want to, and then the winner keeps the name. I said, because if I lose, I'll just probably have to, to defer to my um, second career of singing and, and use my middle name, which is um, Robert Sarby, Robbie Williams. I'll keep that and I'll see where we go from there. And he wrote a really nice letter back. It was great. He was, was like a legend in the industry because this, the, the whole thing was worth just seeing people go, oh, you're telling me this. Oh, and I had um, a Donald Gunn. The Gunn Report. If an ad wins, you know, DNA Deer gets 10 points. If it wins at one show, it gets, you know, 15 points. DNA Deer gets 20 points. If it wins at PADC, it gets laughed at. So, um, <laughs> so um, and Donald Gunn, I remember him. He was a bit like Because his Phillip. career's gone to Perth to die. He, he was like John, 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 J.R. Hartley's like brother-in-law. Um, you know, he used to go camping together on the, on the Duke of Edinburgh Award or whatever. And he's coming. We were Tony, and he actually had a whole conversation with me. I think thinking I was the other Tony Williams talking about. Yeah, it didn't dawn on me until I walked away. Um, yeah, it was, it was kind of a bit awkward anyway. So there you go. Okay. So craft. Mm, I had two and a half because someone spent some time on it. Creativity. Look, I, I, it's going to be worth it. Mm, three and a half is very memorable, except for the wrong product. I don't think it was a young hip creative team working on it. It would have been. Some old guy got out of his jack, stubbed out his cigar and said, I've got this idea, G&T, and then would have sold it. But yeah, it's all right, three and a half. Eight. I mean, it, it answers everything in the fact that for, for decades, again, we've been singing it for the wrong product. Mm. So 8.5 out of 20 for an ad. How do you like that, Captain Smelly Fingers? <laughs> yeah, for an ad that I'm ran for... I'm sorry. Fucking hell. I'm sorry. Really? Yeah, how do you like that, Captain Birdseye? Mm-hmm. How'd you like that? No, I'm leaving the smelly fingers in. Oh, <laughs> that's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> 8.5 out of 20. Oh, God. <laughs> so, you're going to listen to this and go, no. I think you were. Uh... Oh, 8.5 out of 20. Yeah. Well, case okay, sera, sera. We hope it's chips. Okay. You're going to have to cut a lot of this out. No, I think most of it's leaveable in. It might be the, you know, the smelly um, the smelly fingers thing might have to go because that's a bit on the nose. But yeah, pull them out. <laughs> Do you see what I did then? On the nose? Yeah, I got that. Okay, thanks very much, Tones. Thanks, Steve. Been real. 
Whose who's work can we pick apart next That's week? <laughs> <laughs> who, I did, I did say, when out? I do my little outros, I did say that I thought the last episode hadn't been quite as much of a success as the previous ones. Why? Because the ad was too good. And that what we should do is only get ads to shit on. Okay, all right. So and local, I think we've, local ads? Yeah, I think... No. <laughs> go, Urban Norman, go! It's probably worth mentioning at this stage that there's an email address in the pod notes if you want to drop us some abuse about production values, the credibility of the speakers, the choice of ads, or whatever else is getting on your goat today. Hit the subscribe button if, despite yourself, you'd like to carry on listening to our podcast featuring two middle-aged men laughing at their own jokes and talking about old telly ads. In the meantime, thanks for listening to Classic Ads from Simpler Times. Until next week, ta for now.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 